Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's Michael Green with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willer and Deals. Take it away, Mark. Yeah, it is a Warrior Wednesday. They play tonight. The trade deadline is tomorrow. And, I, you know, you mentioned Jermaine O'Neal. Keith Smith standing by. We'll get to him in just a sec. Like, you know, it, if Wiseman were to move on and it goes well somewhere else, like, that's all you really have to be mentally prepared for. Right. I'm okay with that. Like, to me, that's a risk worth taking I don't want them to just give them away for the $131 million in the tax savings. Like, get something in return. Yeah. If you can get some beef that will play defense, that's at the core of all of this. We can talk about roster and injuries and defending champ and all that. You and I have talked about it. If this team doesn't defend better, they're a first round out at best. Yeah. So if you can get, I don't care what the name is. It doesn't need to be sexy. Get some, get a bowl. And, and, and put him in the middle of the court. If I can get that for Wiseman, I'm doing it. Yeah, somebody who can come in and play 15 to 20 minutes a night. Somebody back into the rotation. Anything. The Jermaine O'Neal comp is interesting because he played four years in Portland before he went on to go to Indiana and become a star. But he played 201 games in those first four years. James Wiseman's played 60 games so far in his three years with the Warriors. Keith Smith is a contributor to Spot Track. He's got a Celtics blog. He's an NBA insider, and he joins us now live here on Willard and Dibs. Good morning, Keith. Thanks for doing it. How likely do you think a Wiseman deal is over the next 24 hours? Yeah, it's an interesting question. The Warriors have generally chose to sit out the trade deadline for the most part since they've come to prominence with this group other than obviously the Andrew Wiggins trade when that was kind of the, the, the gap year, I guess, is what we'll call that. So, But I'm getting the sense more here over the last few days that they are more open to maybe moving James Wiseman than they ever had been before. I think they're looking at him and saying, All right, we've still got our core, and they're pretty good when they're all together. But they've been banged up. We're sitting in a tricky spot in the standing. 
we need to do something to shore this thing up. And my, my read on it is they're trying to do right by those core guys. So I think there is a chance we see James Wiseman move. But to what you guys were just saying, it's not going to be in just a salary dump move to save a bunch of money. That's not how they operate. It'll be using him and his contract to go get someone helpful to round out that bench depth. And what kind of a player, or is there a player you have in mind who could be, quote-unquote, helpful? The guy I have fixated on is one that they won't get, Jay Crowder. Phoenix isn't trading him in the conference to Golden State. But is there a player out there that you would think about in terms of compensation for Wiseman that would fit with Golden State? Yeah, I think that's one. Is that kind of bigger wing that's, that's a little more defensive-minded? That's certainly one thing to look at. A guy like a Jay Crowder could, could be that that player. I think uh, there's a lot of stuff out there of is San Antonio ready to move on from guys like Jakob Pertl or Josh Richardson. Though those are a couple guys that I think could probably help the Warriors to some extent. It causes a little bit of issues because they're both free agents in the offseason, and I don't know how likely it is you're resigning either one of those guys. But if your whole goal is, hey, let's make another run right now and we'll worry about future problems, those are the kind of moves you can consider making using Wiseman and his contract as kind of the, the ballast headed the other way to balance out a trade like that. Keith, I wonder what the league buzz is right now on where this all goes next. In other words, I know that we need to have the answer of how the rest of this season goes. But what about after that with regard to Draymond opt-in or opt-out or even just the idea of the Warriors really doing something significant to reboot? Do, do, do you think that the, the era of this group, is, is this it? What's the league buzz? Yeah, it's not. No one has a sense that this is it, but I think it's, you know, maybe as this core group, this may, may be it, but there's still a sense of Steph's still really, really good. And Clay Thompson looks pretty good when he plays. And they've got to get Andrew Wiggins going again and get, get that figured out. And Jordan Poole needs to get back, fully back, you know, every night back to the guy he was versus just flashes here and there. But, but it's Draymond that everybody's kind of interested in. And, it's funny, I talked to some folks who said, well, you know, if they win another one, then he can leave, basically saying, hey, I've done everything I could do, and, and off we go. And I've heard other people say, that's insane. If they win, there's no way he's leaving. He'll only leave if they don't win, because then it's, hey, well, what more do you want me to do? Well, we had a great run here. I'm going to go you know, look at something else. I tend to think it's more likely that when players in a franchise are so linked as those core Warriors players are with this franchise, you get it done, you kind of extend it out, and you keep it moving that way. What's the market like for Draymond Green at the end of this season in terms of whether or not he wants to opt in, or could he possibly go out and get a multi-year deal worth nine figures? Yeah, it's not a great um, market as far as the cap space teams go. Most of them are in a position where it probably wouldn't make sense for Draymond Green to sign with them or for those teams to sign him because you're talking about Orlando, Houston, uh, Detroit. I know there's some hometown connection there with, with the Pistons side of things, but uh, Charlotte potentially, those, those are all bad teams that are probably, San Antonio is another one, that are probably going to continue to be you know working their way back up in the league. So unless he really wants to go somewhere and say, hey, you know what, I want to get to one of these contenders and I'll do it via sign-in trade, 
that's certainly possible, but that comes with a whole host of complications as far as the acquiring team would become hard-capped. It could be hard to build out their roster and those sorts of things. So it's a little bit of a complicated market for a veteran guy like him because there's not a surefire there it is, there's the one team that I know for certain is going to hand me a ton of money because that that's the team I feel like you know, is going to be ready to look at me as, all right, this is the guy who lifts us right into contention. That that team probably doesn't exist at the moment. NBA insider Keith Smith with us here, Willard and Dibs, 95-7 the game. All right, Keith, we're all waiting for who's going to hop out of this log jam in the West. Right now, Dallas is a half game ahead of the Warriors, for example. With this Kyrie trade, do you think Dallas, A, now jumps out of the group, uh, B, it takes a while for them to gel, but then it works, or C, totally implodes just like it has in his last two stops? Yeah, I'm probably closer to B than I am to, to anything else there. I, I think it'll take a little bit for the two of them to just figure each other out and where do you like to be on the court? Where do I want to be? I think for Jason Kidd, what he's got to be doing with his staff is hey, what were the sets and the plays and the things that worked with Jalen Brunson? Because Kyrie Irving's effectively a souped-up version of what they had with Jalen Brunson. So it's, hey, let's go back to those. I think the other thing is the, their non-Luka minutes are a mess. Anytime he sits, it's, it's hard on them. So now you're feeling like, all right, hey, we're probably not playing a single meaningful minute the rest of this year, barring injury or foul trouble or something like that, without one of those two guys on the floor. We're probably playing most of them with both of those guys on the floor. So that's going to give them a little bit there. Now, team is certainly possible, but Kyrie tends to get a place that looks pretty good for a year or two, and then it all goes sideways. So let's see. Yeah, we can have that conversation down the line. I think it'll probably be uh, pretty good here during this honeymoon phase. Yeah, the implosion is uh, going to happen. Just a question of when. Where are you with the Denver Nuggets? 26-4 and four at home, top of the West, but they don't play a lot of defense. Are they really a viable championship contender? I think they are. The defense is certainly a concern. Now, they do show signs of when they really need to lock in that they're able to do that. They're working right now, just like a lot of other teams, to try to shore up their defense. But their challenges, they're a little bit limited in what they can trade, and they don't have picks to send out from other deals they've done. They're uh, deeper into the tax than they've ever been, so taking on money is probably a bit of a challenge there. But when you look at in a playoff series, they feel pretty confident going into most of them that we've got the best guy in Nikola Jokic. Uh, they feel pretty good that, hey, if he's having a little bit of an off night, we got Jamal Murray. If he's having an off night, we got Michael Porter Jr. And then I think what they know is when they get into those we-need-to-stop moments, they're going to go to lineups that have Aaron Gordon, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Bruce Brown all on the floor together, and you feel like, all right, those are three guys who are pretty switchable, can hold their own against most other guys, well, we, we feel like we can get those one or two stops we really need. So I, I think they're you know really, really good. And I think for them, it's very important that they do finish atop the conference because that's a real home court advantage. Now it gets a little bit uh, muted when teams aren't flying into Denver, playing one game at altitude and leaving. If you're there for you know two, three days uh, in a row, it, it means a little bit less because you're know, a bit more acclimated. But it's a good home crowd. It, it's a it's a tough place to play. So I think finishing atop the conference is huge for the Nuggets. Busy week. Keith, thank you so much for making some time, man. We appreciate it. 
I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, there he goes. NBA Insider, Spot Track, and more. Keith Smith. I do love one thing that he said. This was actually, uh, it's not a question because I, I, I really, I, I felt like this was the way it was going to go, but he took off the table this idea. And there was an article written about it on CBS Sports. The idea that the, the the Warriors might be interested in literally just giving James Wiseman away because it would save $131 million right, when you factor right. in the luxury tax. And he took that off the table. He goes, they're not, they're not just sending him out the door for nothing. Um, you're going to have to get something in return. To me, that's the Warrior franchise. That's the classy way to do it. You're not giving a guy away for nothing just or to just save for dollars. Or future picks well, is the thing. Right, but what you get in return... Um, can actually even still be a somewhat high-priced player, provided that it's an expiring contract. I, right. To me, that's what the Warriors are looking for. Are you? You're looking for someone who has size, experience, defensive ability, and a contract that's up this summer. That's right. That's what I'm looking for. And if and I can Yaka find, and if I can find that for James Wiseman, I'm in. That's Yaka Pirtle in a nutshell. Because I'm looking at that CBS article right now, Mark. And if they traded him to San Antonio, Detroit, Utah, or Indiana, those teams have enough cap space to where they can absorb the salary, give nothing back other than picks, obviously, and that would save the Warriors $131 million in total real savings, which is tempting if you're Joe Lacob and you've decided that you want to give up on James Wiseman. Or you could get back a Jakob Pertl and you could end up saving about $51 million in salary just this year in terms of the tax savings on who you would get back because Pirtle will be gone next year, and so that money comes off the books, and so the savings you'll get would actually come next year in terms of what you won't have to pay James Wiseman. Now, you eventually would have to replace him with somebody you would figure, but Wiseman is set to make $12.2 million next year, which is not a ton by NBA standards, but when you look at that in terms of the luxury tax and how much they're paying, that 12.2 is closer to $50 it's a, million. Dollars it's a ton. It's a ton. For a guy that you don't believe that you can play. Well, and, and even if you were to still be a buyer in James Wiseman's future, I mean, what is it you're really giving up if you trade him tomorrow? What did you lose? You lost a concept. That's all you lost. I mean, you potentially lost uh, a perennial all-star, a guy who grows into being the player that you thought he was when you drafted him. I mean, sure, that's the potential. However, that is wildly unlikely at this point for all kinds of reasons. it's unlikely for sure. Right? I mean, it's unlikely to begin with that someone's ever going to become a perennial all-star. But now factor in health, Health, factor in that it just hasn't clicked to this point. The idea that he will become that... I think is a little pie in the sky, and you know I love pie in the sky. Yeah. I dig it. You like pie in the plate? You I, like pie, period. I think the Giants are going to win the World Series, so yeah. I'm all here for pie in the <laughs> damn sky, okay? But you're really giving up something that hasn't amounted to anything. So therefore, you're giving up nothing. I know he may become something. Yeah, I but get that. To this you're point, giving up uh, credibility because you're admitting that you failed you in the draft pick. Everybody misses. Everybody misses. You, you missed at number two. 
This is bigger than, oh boy. And everybody you know, has Jacob some F of those. Jacob Evans, well, am I right? What right. are you going to do? Darko, look, MJ wasn't first overall. Everybody misses. You're the Warriors, though. You're light years, Mark. Well, but, you are light years ahead of the league. But not on that. That's not what they mean. They don't mean we're light years ahead in terms of scouting. That's not what they you mean. You mean you're light years ahead on everything. Everybody misses. You don't Everybody, miss at number two. Well, yeah, everybody has. Like, right. Sure you do. Ask the New York Jets. You miss at number two sometimes. Uh, all I'm saying is there, it's not so easy as, oh, well, we'll just move on from no, James it's, Wiseman. It's not that. I'm not you saying that. you got to eat it, and this one hurts because you, you drafted James Wiseman ahead of LaMelo Ball. And I liked Halliburton, as I mentioned before. I, can, I, I, rem- I do remember that. Appreciate You're a that. Big fan. And, you know, it turns out that draft hasn't been a, a terrific draft top to bottom, but you reach for a guy at two and you thought that you were smarter. Don't use that word. It was a total reach. It wasn't a the reach. He played three games in college. But, he was an unknown. But he was the presumptive number one prior to the season even starting. And but guys, why didn't he go number but one? But guys get drafted without playing college ball all the time, historically. I know now but they've got to go here. You draft a seven-foot-one player who I mean, had no tape. It was a reach. How many games did LeBron play in college before he got drafted number didn't one? Didn't have to play in college. Okay. The guy was a six-eight machine but in could, high school. But I could give you a ton of those examples. James Wise was a seven-footer who the NBA had an eye on before the year even started. So it wasn't a reach. It just didn't work. It was a total reach. It just didn't work. Trey Lance was a reach. James um, Wiseman was a reach. Lance, I get what people are saying there because he went to a smaller college. And he didn't. He didn't play. As he didn't much. play an entire year. He but, played one game. I mean, but, James uh, Wiseman played three know. games at Memphis. But he that, played sixty-three minutes against no talent. Again, but that by that definition, everybody's a reach. Like guys in, in the NBA is dotted with people who didn't even play college ball and they've been fine. Kyrie Wembanyama is not a reach because you've seen him play European high-level basketball. You. I've seen actual tape on uh, Wen Banyama. An opinion, and it could be wrong. Exactly. He might be a bust. He might be. I doubt it. But it but wouldn't be a reach. No, but again, neither was. Wiseman was actually presumed, presumed to be the number one overall pick before the college season started. So, I like that. That's not even the point. The point is. The is point to, is, it's a miss. It, and, the, and to this point, if you're interested in Warrior basketball right now, then James Wiseman is irrelevant. Totally. He doesn't play. So you're not, if you're still interested in now, and if you're interested in next year, then James Wiseman not being on the team helps you. I get that it's a bummer. It's a total bummer. I wanted him to be good. I wanted it to be here. That's always the way I want the story to end. But if you're interested in this year, why would you not move on from someone who doesn't play? And if you're interested in next year and you like the Warrior core, Wiseman not being on the team and turning into an expiring contract heightens your chances of keeping the core together starting next year. I'm fascinated by the way this plays out, not only over the next day and change, but into the offseason because there is a sense, and this is two timelines talking, and I know the Warriors never put that out as an actual thing. It's something that we, fans and media, created. The idea of two timelines. Tim Kawakami in with the morning roast tomorrow, 8 to 9. He'll be able to address it. He talks to Joe Lacob more than just about any other human being, but the sense that I've always gotten is that not only are there two timelines, but there are two lines of thinking within the building. There are those who still believe in James Wiseman, and there are those who say this guy will never be any good. And you can see it in the way that he's been treated from the coaching staff, from the veterans, 
whether it's ownership in the front office, it feels like there are two big differences of opinion as to who James Wiseman can be. And we're going to find out in the next day how they how they feel and who has ultimately the the final yeah, say in this matter. You're absolutely right. I mean, the, and and what you I think I know you know you're saying is that Joe Lacob has had the reputation that he is a big big Wiseman fan, right? And then Steve Kerr is over here behind door number two, going, "We're not playing him." Exactly, we're not playing him. So and the veterans are saying, "Dude, you better not play him, right?" Because right. this guy's no good. And I wonder where Bob Myers falls in this. Well, and I wonder how this affects Bob Myers' willingness to still be the GM of right. this team. Is he going to be here? I mean, there are so many questions. So these are know, fascinating questions you, to me. You mentioned the two timelines thing as sort of a concoction of the media, and you're right. Like there, there's another way of looking at it, which is that the Warriors only have one timeline all the time, and that one timeline is now. Right. And that doesn't mean they don't think about the future. My point is, it's always now. At any point in, in the history of ever, it's always now. Like right now is now. It is, but and, if you're and, Joe Lacob, you absolutely have an eye on later more than Steph, Clay, and Draymond do. You do, but when you get there, your focus will be now. Here's what I mean by that. But your later can't be your later can't be terrible. You have to plan for it. Exactly. To, I guess this is what you I'm saying. You can't sacrifice the later entirely for the now. The Warriors don't ever want to be a team that's looking to the future. They always want to be about now, so the effort is is when the Steph Clay Dre thing is done, whenever that is, they need to be ready at that point right. to be about now. And they want to be ready for that. So now what's the best way to do that? Let's call it three years from now. What's more likely? Okay? Is it more likely that James Wiseman is a big major integral piece of that team then? Or is the financial savings that you would get now better to be used on things that you could rebuild and have that be a thing three years from now? Whenever James Wiseman's going to matter, it's already into his next contract. That's a fact. Most likely, yeah. That's a fact. Most likely. So, Unless he suddenly, you know, if the light bulb comes on. Right. Like Jonathan so Kaminga. Jonathan Kaminga has had that light bulb sort of experience to where... Now, he's not only a part of later, he's a part of now. So could James Wiseman undergo that same dramatic turnaround between now and next year's trade deadline? It's possible. I would say it's less likely. They don't think than so. What, well, if they do think so, then they're keeping him. And if they think so, and by they I mean the various Lakeubs, Joe and his sons, who are, by the way, going to take over this team, at some juncture, maybe they all think James Wiseman can do what Jonathan Kaminga has done, and therefore yeah. we don't want to trade him because we still believe that he can be the player that we thought he was going to be when we drafted him. Wiseman is now benefiting from his recent injuries because we look at him. It's the Trey Lance effect. Well, we look at him through the lens of, well, injuries. He not hurt. He's fine, and they don't play him. Exactly. I, if if his name was changed to something like I don't know um, Moses Moody, he's we, not hurt. We would have a completely different opinion. We would go, oh my gosh, because we all thought Mo coming into the year, we thought Moody could play. Moody was like in the playoffs. We were excited about Moody. He's going to be not a star, but he's a piece. And then they don't play him, and we go, oh, they must know some things. So 
I guess Moody can't play, and he's now expendable. We don't do that to James Wiseman, and his situation's even worse. He was the number no, two overall pick. No, we do pick. do that to James Wiseman. No, but not the same way. We still There's still people that think future star. All it's because you, Moses Moody, what he does is repeatable. You got Dante DiVincenzo in, and he's better than Moses Moody. Therefore, Moses Moody, step aside. Nobody does what Jonathan Wiseman, or what James, James Wiseman, Wiseman yeah, what, I, what you're he right. could do. And that's where the comp it falls short. Because what James Wiseman could be... And I don't know if he'll ever be that, Mark. Somebody thinks that he could be that, but what he could be, yeah. you don't have on this team. Uh, again, my my sense is you just look at people's actions. Forget their words. Watch people's actions. That'll tell you exactly how they feel. They don't and think I, he I'm can totally play. with you. They don't think he can play. But when you so. say they don't think he can play, you're not talking about every member of the organization, no. and you're not talking about the most important people well, in the I, organization. I don't know. I don't I know don't what either. they and think. That's what fascinates me. I don't know me. what they think, but the guy is healthy. He's been healthy all year, and he is not playing. Right. That, to me, is point one. But again, the they, in, who's the they in this? That's what we're going to find out in the next day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, maybe. Because well, maybe there's not a deal out there. Maybe they do want to trade him, and they still can, you and, know? But I think you're right in terms of them trading him for nothing other than future picks. I can't see him doing no, that. No, 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 no. That would just be bad PR. Hey, good, um, good for the bottom line, though. Yeah. That's a lot of money. 888-957-9570. We take your calls coming up. We also get to Doc Feely. Cleared to play. Okay, Brock Purdy, Steph Curry, and more. We're diving into those answers next on Willard and Dead. This is James Watson. Now back to Willard and Dibs. Whoops. Play that while we can. Wiseman's rethinking his uh, his decision to contribute to our show uh, now that we just traded him uh, to the... Uh, Whoever's of America and the National Basketball Association. Hi, this is James Wiseman. I've been Delta Dallas. Now back to RJ and Shan. <laughs> okay. Uh, the NBA trade deadline's Thursday. We got you covered. All the latest news leading up to it. Trade deadline coverage brought to you by Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. Doc Feely in a sec. Real quick. Uh, two hours ago, Debo tweeted, I stand on everything I say. Which makes it sound like whatever the quote is that's making the rounds, maybe it did mean something. Maybe he meant something by it when he said, I wish we had had a third quarterback. I don't know. It's just, it's the nature of athletes now in their quotes where you say something and people like us take it and twist it and spin it, although we didn't twist it or spin it, but many people do. And then now the athlete has to come out and say, whatever they have to say about what they already said. Uh, Trey Lance also spoke to Rich Eisen. We'll have some of that here in just a second. But right now, it's time for Cleared to Play. Take you inside the tent to get you updated on the latest injuries in the Bay. Proud to partner with UCSF Health on this segment and bring in Professor and Chief of Sports Medicine at UCSF. That is Dr. Brian Feely. Hello and good morning, Doc. Good morning to you guys. Um, glad. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good to have you on a time where some very big names are going through some things for sure. Um, Our first question is about Brock Purdy. So, the fact that nothing has happened yet, but all of the indications from the 49ers are still that it's the repair, not reconstruction, what, what is your read on this? Does it make sense that Brock has not had the procedure yet? Totally. I think there's no real rush to doing the procedure because if you look at it in a few different ways, first of all, it's not a black and white area where we can say absolutely he's a professional baseball player, he's had chronic elbow pain, and now he tore his ulnar collateral ligament. He needs surgery. He's going to be out for 15 months. The reality is this is a pretty uncommon injury for uh, quarterbacks. There's only been about 15 in the last 15 years, and most of them were actually managed without surgery. So this repair is something that's relatively new, relatively new and it makes sense that there, he doesn't want to rush into it, even though every indication is that's what, that's what he is going to do. When you look at the timing of it, too, waiting a week or two now, He'll get him back in training camp if he goes the six-month route. If his elbow all of a sudden started feeling great and he decided to treat it non-operatively, he's not lost any time. And if he does the full reconstruction, he's going to miss next season anyway. So it really isn't changing anything to allow him to take his time and make an informed decision just like the rest of us would if we had an injury to our body. Is there any potential for complications to arise once they get inside the elbow? In other words, can they see through the MRI exactly what needs to be done before they go in there and cut them open? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think for his surgeons, just like all of us, most of the time the MRI is extremely accurate, but we're always going to have a backup plan. So for this, for instance, if he's if they're going in with a plan on repair, they're going to have all the reconstruction stuff available just in case things look different than the MRI. 
for the most part, I would say probably 90 to 95% of the time for something like this, an MRI is going to give us the information we need and we don't change plans, but we always have a backup. Doc, is there, I've heard this out there and I, I, I wonder, um, a repair versus total reconstruction, is there any difference in the risk to future injury uh, after that? Like, in other words, is the reconstructive, um, is, is that stronger in the future than a repair would be? Yeah, it's a great question. We don't have great head-to-head data, but you're also really comp- you're comparing apples to oranges. When we're doing a reconstruction, the ligament is already usually stretched out and shredded, and we wouldn't want to do a repair in those situations. So I think when you look at best-case scenario, when you look at biomechanics studies, they are going to head-to-head behave similarly and be able to take all the torque that you need to throw a football. Maybe a little bit different for Major League Baseball players, but for football players, it should be totally fine. Let's turn our attention to Steph Curry and a knee injury that brought ligaments to all of us that we didn't even know we had, Doc. What is the nature of the ligament damage that Steph Curry sustained, and how is this different from a garden variety MCL injury? Yeah, I think this, that's a great question. I think my colleague, Dr. Pandya, explained it great um, a couple nights ago. But basically, if you feel the top outside of your knee, that's the top of the fibula. And the ligaments in between the, the tibia and the fibula at the top are pretty, are pretty stiff. They give you a lot of stability. But that blow to the outside of the knee can cause a strain in that area, very similar to the type of strain that you see for an MCL just located more on the outside of the knee. Usually happens with a little bit more of a torque to the foot rather than a direct blow. The reality is for athletes, we don't have a great timetable for these because they're under-recognized. Um, we don't see it nearly as often as we do for MCL strains. But I think the assumption would be that as he starts to feel better, this would take a similar time course, like looking at two to three weeks of rest and recovery, then starting to test it, see how he feels, and then reevaluating at that point. And that reevaluation is really important because he's got to feel totally stable around his knee to be able to get back in play. Doc Feely with us, cleared to play. Doc, uh, eight weeks almost to the day after Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot, uh, that came the, the NFC Championship game. And now there's the thought uh, that maybe the 49ers were hopeful that he could get out there. An eight-week timetable on that injury. A, is it realistic to play? And B, if he had played, what might that have looked like? Yeah, I think looking at looking back when he first was injured, they were saying out for the season, missing start of the second year or start of the next year. And then you start looking at, well, maybe he can come back and play possibly, or at least he doesn't need surgery. Eight weeks would be among the fastest people ever to come back. And the idea that he could plant and throw effectively, I think that would have been a hard sell. And I think the risk really is if he, if he plants awkwardly and then needs surgery, that could be a disaster for his foot, his career, his productivity for next year. So I think they did everything right. I would have, I would imagine that it would have been almost a miracle for him to get back and play. And he wouldn't have played at the level that they needed him to play at. Uh, Doc, great stuff. Those are the answers we were looking for, man. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. All you right. too, Doc. You great too. stuff. That's Dr. Brian Feely. And the proceeding was sponsored by UCSF Health. And I'd like to highlight what he just said there at the end for everybody listening to our show, for everybody who listened to the Morning Rose today. He used the M word. Once again. 
if Jimmy Garoppolo had played on an eight-week timetable on January 29th, A, that would have been among the most fast, among the fastest ever to return from that injury in the history of the league, and B, he would not have realistically been able to plant and throw, and C, he would be taking his future career and throwing it out there on the field. He used the word miracle. It would be a miracle if he would be able to come back and play through that injury that fast. It'd be among the fastest, as you mentioned, unable to plant and throw. So you were left with one quarterback who couldn't throw. He could plant, but he couldn't throw. One quarterback who was concussed and couldn't go. One QB who couldn't throw. One QB who couldn't go. One QB who was over there smiling But even if he went out there, he was unable to plant and throw. So what were you left with? You were left with basically a running attack only and a three-touchdown deficit. You were done. Yeah. So the frustration, I think we all get. It's like what we said on the changeover earlier today. It's like if if you're a fan, it's totally fair and normal to be upset when a player's like, man, could they have... Could they have been there? Can you give us 5% of yourself? Can you give me two throws? Whatever you can give me, are you going to be out there? Trey Lance just literally told Rich Eisen, he said he went to Kyle Shanahan that week and said, what can I do to help? Is there anything that I can do to help? Did Jimmy do that? Probably not. Right. However, the whole idea is unfair. It's it's unfair, and quite frankly, I don't think any of us would have made the uh, a different decision than what Jimmy did, and or what Kyle did. And I was thinking about it in terms of Kyle because Jimmy Garoppolo, it would have taken, it would have been a miracle for him to be able to play. And Trey Lance goes out and says, "What can I do to help the team? What can I do to play?" And Kyle Shanahan's looking at both scenarios and thinking, "I've got two healthy QBs. Why would I activate a third? I never." activate a third. I'm not going to need a third. I'll use my 46 roster spot on three different guys who I'm not going to play but I'm not going to need a third quarterback. Uh, it's all sponsored by CalHope.org. we got some Wiseman calls coming up next, plus Steiny and Evan Giddings uh, will get in here coming up next as well on Willard and Dibs. No George Poole. It's JP with the Golden State Warriors. Now back to Willard and Gibbs. <laughs> the breaks. The breaks. The breaks. Do you uh, never? Little League politics, brother. Oh, but I yeah, love it. Yeah, we're ready. It. We're ready. The Kansas City Monarchs of the okay. Mill Valley Little League Triple A. We're ready. Yeah, we had our draft the other night. At a boy. Um, yeah, shout out to the other uh, dads and, and uh, a mom uh, in the building uh, the other night. And uh, we had a great time. That's you got right. any girls in your team? Uh, no, I think there was only one in the draft. Okay. And she she's good. She got taken yeah. early. Yeah. So um, I think there was only one. Anyway, uh, but yeah, we're ready. We're ready. Um, Nice. I look forward to updates throughout the year. There we go. It's fun. Uh, It's very, very fun. Uh, Steiny, and yes, I mentioned Evan Giddings, who's fantastic, is going to be in here in about six or seven minutes, which, of course, has already got the YouTube chat going on. Here we go. This is Guru's first step to no-showing at Watch Party Willard and the lovely Christie's home coming up this Sunday for Super Bowl. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I believe in Goo. I believe that we will go. I'm a Dodger fan. <laughs> yeah. You believe in you? I do. 
I like I it. I do. I'm betting on he gonna be there. Send me the address, and uh, you know I'm still at the definite maybe spot. Well, except I went for from definite maybe to no. I know, I, and I told Christy last night. I go for everybody. I go. This is like a poker hand. When you put it on the table, yeah. you declare. I'm not letting you undeclare. You can't oh. suddenly go. Oh wait, no, I have a full house and I didn't see it. No. So I'm kind of like, I don't know, I might have to break my rule. For, if you change your mind, I got to go to the board. Oh, okay. I got to go to the board no, and ask him. I don't want it that well, bad. No, so. no, no, well, you did, <laughs> when, you did when you thought Ratto was coming. If Ray Ratto is going, <laughs> you can't keep me away. Three yeah. hours with Ray Ratto? You're always invited. But Kyle Firmly, for instance, was a no. Now, if he calls tomorrow and goes, wait a minute, I forgot Trader Joe's dip. I'll be there. I'm like, dude, you're out. Like, we, we sold your seat. Man, okay. You know what I mean? Like, this is not it's like just... like that, huh? Well, right. It's not unlimited. Like, we... We got to be able to all see the TV. They're not twelve couches. You don't have multiple it's a, it's TVs, regular, multiple viewing rooms. I mean, if you want to go upstairs into like a teenager's bedroom, like that would be That's weird. Awkward, yeah, yeah. Super, I don't think she's going to want that. So there's a Super Bowl party that I went to about five years in a row uh, before I got divorced, uh-huh. and I haven't gotten the invite yet this year. <laughs> So I'm not sure if yeah, I they, lost they that party. as well. Yeah, you do. You know I'm how not, that works. Well, last year I got invited. Everybody's got to declare. Last year I got invited and didn't go. <laughs> the year before was the pandemic. Nobody okay, went anywhere. Yeah. So I'm wondering if I lost that party in the divorce. It happens. You've I lost watched, a cat. Listen, I, I've famously. watched the people. This will, You'll all relate bad, to this. Yeah, it's a bad beat. Cliff, watched, I miss you. I've watched the families who try to do both. We're going to keep both. We're going to be friends with the ex-wife and with the ex-husband. No, I'm still very friendly. We're, no, we're, we're still very friendly. Good luck. No, it's, I mean, we're not as close as we once were, obviously, but we're still very friendly. No, we're I know still you friends. are, but the people who try to do both, it's that's tough. That's a hell of a line to walk. Well, I mean, honestly, this individual who has the party, more my friend. Well... So, or More so, my or, friend. Or so you thought. I'm still checking. <laughs> the Evite usually comes you in. Thought. Uh, the Evite, I thought yeah. it would have come in yesterday. I mean, it's Wednesday, Debs. It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It's not the beginning of the week anymore. Let me refresh. Literally it. called hump day. The email. <laughs> we're, over, we're over the hump, Debs. Let me refresh yeah. here. No, has I got happened. two new emails. Yeah. Uh, Nordstrom's got some new sandals. And the Venetian North. in Vegas wants me back. <laughs> Check the text messages. Venetian's fantastic. I love the Venetian. They're relentless. Yeah. I haven't stayed there in nine years. Oh, I just stayed there like... Uh, no, oh, wait, no, I we, love the property. No, we didn't stay there. We went to a show there. That's what it was. We went to a show there just, uh, I think, a year ago. Like, exactly a year ago. It was February last year. I lost yeah. Cliffy in the divorce, and I lost the Super Bowl party. That's a I bad beat. Seriously. <laughs> Okay, I got three kids and a bunch dude, of if, if a man loses a Super Bowl party in a divorce, dude, and thrown, that's rough. Thrown by another man <laughs> and thrown by a man who I used to coach Little League with <laughs> and thrown by a man who is a listener. He's a P1. Wow. I'm not naming him anymore because apparently yeah. I'm out, but... Damn, I uh, didn't... Oh, 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 we interrupt this Super Bowl party soiree Damn. for uh, this uh, developing situation. 95-7, the game, breaking news. <laughs> All right, Kyle Madsen, what are we doing? Yeah, live from the backroom sports desk, uh, Ian Rappaport <laughs> reporting that 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy will meet with Dr. Keith Meister in Dallas on February 21st. He plans to have surgery to repair his torn UCL on the 22nd. That's per sauces. The surgery set to be done by the respected Rangers doc will allow Purdy to make a full recovery and be ready for 
training camp. He's Mr. Keith Meister. Meister. He's Mr. Party time! Yeah! Let's go! They call me Keith Meister whenever I touch. The San Francisco 49ers have announced their week one starter for the 2023 NFL season, and his name is Brock. Purdy. You don't know that, Mark. Did no, you listen to Dr. Brian Feely when he was giving me that's a good question after that's a good question? I snuck one in there, too. By the way, is Two this, one, your final. It, yeah, but but what if we weren't playing each other? What if the shows were going against one another? Isn't three of those in a row the all-time record? That's never happened before, has it? Well, Three I, straight questions where we got that's a great question. I'm going to borrow from John Paul Morosi and say, well, that's a good question, Mark. <laughs> Because JP, wow. a.k.a. Bubba, he gives him out like Halloween candy. So, <laughs> yeah, I believe. Uh, well, okay, yeah, so uh, let me let me back up because I'm, I'm partially kidding. Um, but. It's good news. It's good news. Something would have to go haywire for Brock Purdy to not be ready at some point in the month of August. As Dr. Brian Feely said when I asked him the question and he said, Dan, that's a good question. My question was when they go in. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.